Book Two, Chapter Eleven of the Heavenly Twins. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. When any difference of opinion arose between Evadne and Colonel Cahoon, they discussed it tranquilly, as a rule, and with much forbearance upon either side. And having done so, the subject was allowed to drop. They each generally remained of the same opinion still, but neither would interfere with the other afterwards. Had he had anything in him, could he have made her feel him to be superior in any way? She must have grown to love him with passion once more. But as it was, he remained only an erring fellow-creature in her estimation, for whom she grew gradually to feel both pity and affection, it is true, but towards whom her attitude, generally speaking, was that of most polite indifference. She had her moments of rage, however. There were whole days when her patient tolerance of the position gave way, and one wild longing to be free pursued her, but she made no sign on such occasion, only sat, with lips severely placid felt the knot, climb in her throat with her foot unseen, crush the wild passion out against the floor, beneath the banquet where meats become as wormwood, and uttered not a word. Yet there was nothing in Colonel Cahoon's manner, nothing in his treatment of her, in the least objectionable. What she suffered from was simply contact with an inferior moral body, and the intellectual starvation inevitable in such constant association with a mind too shallow to contain any sort of mental sustenance for the sharing. The pleasing fact he and Evadne were getting on well together dawned on him quite suddenly one day, but it was she who perceived that absence of friction entirely due to the restriction which polite society imposed upon the manners of a gentleman and lady in ordinary everyday intercourse when their bond is not the bond of man and wife. I should say we are very good friends, Evadne, shouldn't you? he remarked, in a cheerful tone. Yes, she responded cordially. They were both in evening dress when this occurred, she sitting beside with one bare arm resting upon it, toying with the tassel of her fan, he standing with his back to the fireplace looking down upon her. It was after dinner, and they were lingering over coffee until it should be time to stroll in for an hour or so to the opera. By the way, he said after a pause, have you read any of those books I got for you? any of the French ones? Her face set somewhat, but she looked up at him and answered without hesitation. Yes, I have read Nana, La Terre, Madame Bovary, and Sappho. She stopped there, and then he waited in vain for her to express an opinion. Well, he said at last, what has struck you most in them? The suffering, George, she exclaimed, the awful, needless suffering. It was a veritable cry of anguish, and as she spoke she threw her arms forward on the table beside which she was sitting, laid her face down on them, and burst into passionate sobs. Colonel Cahoon bit his lip. He had not meant to hurt the girl, in that way at all events. He took a step towards her, hesitated, not knowing quite what to do, and finally left the room. When Evadne went to her bookshelf she discovered a great gap the whole of those dangerous works of fiction had disappeared.
End of Book Two, Chapter Eleven of The Heavenly Twins.